It is the Fake Spike Podcast. We are on episode 53. It's a preview show. Vort Cincinnati, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the last time the Jets played them, they were, you know, Cincinnati was winless. The Jets were, you know, you know, stinking, but at least like starting to play better and Cincinnati whooped their asses. And correct me if I'm wrong, but that was your first road game ever. Am I right? It was my first road game. It was an unforgettable experience with the <laughs> driving in the middle of, well, sleeping while my friends drove me in the middle of the night yes. during a snowstorm, uh, watching a winless Cincinnati team win, and the 18 Bengals fans that attended the game heckling us in the uh, fi- friendly heckling, nothing bad, but what an experience, freezing our ass off to watch us lose to a winless team. It's um, never fun when the, uh, you go to a game like that and the and the. the fans of the shittiest team in the league are making fun of you i've had that many many times and that brings me to this week mac i tell you making a prediction this week is borderline depressing because the (laughs) bengals are the one franchise that whether it was the early 90s the late 90s the 2000s their success under marvin lewis was measured going eight and eight sneaking into the playoffs once every five six years and quickly bowing out of the first round this franchise was a fucking laughing stock with <laughs> no way out and for the past three years this team the fucking Bengals, the one team that i could rely on the literally one team that i could say well at least we're not cincinnati i mean we fucking suck all over the place but it could be worse it could be the Bengals. and now i have to see the Bengals beat us when they're winless and now i have to see them actually building a real team with a quarterback that was, he showed himself to be talented as a rookie, has a horrific injury. He's back. He's playing great. The MVP young coach caliber. has figured it out. The caliber of their wide receivers is downright scary. The team is winning. The team looks good. And the team looks set up for years to come. While the Jets are fucking still looking for a quarterback. This the Jets are still are still big. scraping the bottom, and we're wondering how they could still be this bad. It's incredible. And it literally dawned on me this week. I said, when me and Mac are going to be making our podcast this week, I I felt the depression setting in because I don't even have that anymore. I can't say we're the Jets, but at least there is the Bengals. Now we get to see the Bengals kick us in the teeth and leave us in the dust. It just that I, I wanted to get that off my chest because I've been thinking about it for two three days that I can't even mock the Bengals anymore. Well, I, there was another team in their division. The Browns were the other team you could you could look at and say, at least we're not the Browns. And now, uh, you know, we wish we were the Browns. The Browns they showed are- it last year. Again, they had the quarterback. They found the coach. And the, these franchises with absolutely no light on the horizon. And they seem to figure it out while the Jets are still twiddling their goddamn thumbs. And we're still in the starter's block. Uh, just wanted to get that off my chest before we start talking about the game and making our predictions. Feel better oh, now, yeah. so please let gonna, me know if you have anything to say. I was going to say that was uh, quite quite the uh, vitriolic uh, outburst there. Good for you. Um, okay, no, I don't really have anything to add. As I said last week, and I'm glad that I have been able to stick to it. Is I I just I, I gave up all all emotional positivity for the jets it is now just i love them i want them to do well but i am not allowing myself to get attached and i still feel that way this like even these days later i just don't have that god i hope they win or or oh they better not lose so i am not like i can't believe we're gonna lose to the Bengals. it's just reality we're gonna lose to everybody and if we win it's a surprise so and that's pretty much where i am the other thing that crossed my mind was it yesterday or the day before i'm just i'm thinking about the game 
and I'm thinking about how loaded the Bengals are, or at least how talented they've looked so far in the season. And I think we can safely admit that their offense has been borderline explosive, some young playmakers. And I'm thinking to myself, how are the Jets going to stop this? There's a young quarterback. There's two, possibly three explosive receivers. They have a decent running back. It's all there. My goodness, they might put up 50 on us. And literally, as soon as I thought that, I literally chuckled and said, oh, 50. What happened last week? Why am I so fucking worked up about this? And they just 50, kind of that's come. child play. Anyone but I literally was fearing, oh, my goodness, they might hang 50 on us. And literally, the, the next thought in my mind was, okay, that's the worst thing you're worried about. You already faced it. Relax, yeah. take the L, and move on. Been there, done that. Okay, here's a couple of thoughts about the Bengals. First, the, the the big talk in the offseason when leading up to the draft was that they were going to take Penny Sewell because they needed an offensive lineman to protect their quarterback who had just shredded up his knee because yep. the line didn't protect him. Well, they kind of put that to rest, and you've been saying this all along, so I will give you the credit and – you know, I, I never really gave an opinion on it either way because I, I, I have always been a, you know, like a trenches out guy. The Bengals are proving that if you go get playmakers, you may not need the best offensive line ever. You just need a quarterback who's a playmaker, a couple of receivers who are playmakers. And, uh, yeah, drafting Jamar Chase, who's ripping it apart, uh, doesn't really hurt either. Chase probably, you know, Chase still went in the top four or five, uh, but Chase was was – Widely considered the best wide receiver in the class, but sat out because of COVID and still went like four or five. So I, I guess it's not surprising to see him like that. But the Bengals have have really put a lot of this all together. And when everybody talked about how they didn't have a line and they needed that that you know that left tackle to protect to protect their quarterback, they've kind of they've kind of really like like laughed in the face of that convention by just going and getting playmakers and relying on the guys they have. Now, I don't know. I didn't look at their draft closely. I don't know if they drafted offensive linemen elsewhere, but so much for that. We have to give up everything, let a playmaker go by and draft, you know, the best offensive tackle in the draft bullshit. So, so much for that, you know, and they 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 look they look and you know, you don't think they're that for real because they didn't beat really, you know, they beat a couple of good teams and you know, they you know, they've looked good and they had to struggle a couple of times, but the way they whipped the Ravens on the road last week made me realize that this that's team the one was that made certainly me look up real. and take yeah. notice. Yep. Yeah. That's the one that made me take notice. Absolutely. That's the game. So, yeah, so so there's the Jets' next three games to me are not winnable. You know, you got especially now with Mike White in there. You know, you got you got a you got you know. Oh, and uh, we can talk about our favorite guy, Corey Davis, now being out. I don't know if you in your I saw in your, I saw. In your fatherhood today if you heard that you did. Okay, um, so so there's no to me we can do best worst real if you want. There's no chance the Jets win this game. There's no, no. scenario where I see the Jets staying within you know 15 points, you know, t- two touchdowns in this game. I think the Bengals are. A solid team on the way up. Maybe they have a letdown after last week and only beat the Jets by 10, you know, but I just don't see the Jets hanging in this game in any circumstances. I think, you know, the Bengals, as I just said, they're an up and coming team, but they're also, they also seem to be one of those teams, you know, they come along every few years where everything is clicking, you know, a young team, everything's clicking. And I don't think the Bengals, until they run into a really good team it could be the playoffs it could be later in the year when the yep. division's on the line when they play the ravens again i don't think they get slapped down and really have a big letdown until until they are forced to have a letdown i think they're a little too young a little too enthusiastic to have a letdown because they're, they're overlooking an opponent so that may come in december when the games really mean a lot and, and they get the experience they need but i don't think it's happening this week I also would like to add two things that I wanted to add. One, when you were talking about Cincinnati, I agreed with every single point you made from the players to the way the franchise has rebounded from their dark days. The one thing that you didn't mention is 
a coach slash offensive coordinator who knows his personnel and calls plays that put his players in position to succeed and the execution is there. And that's something I haven't seen from the Jets, whether we're talking about this year or probably let's let's be let's be (laughs) tight on this one let's say 25 to 30 years um so that's one thing that uh, obviously it it matches up with exactly what you said you can get away without the best offensive lineman or the best cornerback whatever that may be as long as the coach knows those weaknesses your own coach and masks them appropriately and look what happens you can still win games there's a multitude of options how to Get the ball in the hands of your playmakers and uh, let them do their thing. Uh, I also, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Before you go on to that, you, you, something you said there actually made me make a comparison between the Jets and Bengals in my mind. You've already made the most obvious comparison. The Bengals were a laughing stock for a long time, couldn't get out of their own way. Uh, you know, they didn't. You know, they had a much longer history of making the playoffs fairly consistency and not winning. But in the past few years, they've been terrible, dreadful. And they went out and got a quarterback who really only had one good year. And everybody says, oh, you got to build around guys. You got to do this. And they went out there and got the guy anyway. The guy turned out to be good because they actually put players around them and and kind of tailored the offense for him and the players that they yeah. have. And that's something the Jets don't do. So the Jets now with Zach Wilson, you know, they, they've done what they, the Jets have done what they always do. They they. They don't have the most talent, but they don't make the most of their talent. And now people are going to be screaming about get an offensive lineman to protect the guy, get an offensive lineman. No. How about you go get a real playmaker? I mean, even at the beginning of the season, you 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 had a little bit more faith in Corey Davis than I did. But I looked at him as more of a possession receiver. I, I was shocked that a guy would go that high. So I figured maybe he had speed we didn't know about. But he's a possession guy. He is not the big playmaker you need. The Jets have not had a huge, like a really big playmaker that the other team has to plan for on offense and i don't even remember when whether it's running back tight end receiver they have not had anybody that that the defense has to fear in years years and anybody you want to go back to the decker and marshall days i'm not even gonna look at those guys they just they just 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 had a bunch of talent and you know they had a a one-year mirage it was a one-year thing right prolonged Right. Long, uh, yes. I don't yes. remember the last time. I don't remember the last time the Jets had that. I mean, we could sit and go through the years. It doesn't matter because the point's proven either way. The Jets don't go Correct. get those playmakers. And the Bengals went and got playmakers. They did the same thing the Jets did that so many people are tearing apart for. Oh, we didn't really know this kid. I know he was LSU, so you saw a lot more of him. But he had a big senior year, and it boosted his draft stock. It turned out they were right in picking him. And the same people who probably – you know, talk about the uh, Zach Wilson being a kid from a, you know, no one really knew who he was. He had a big year and pulled his draft stock up. It works. If you give, if you give the kid everything they need and they have the talent, it works. You know, it's not, it's not that the Jets necessarily made a wrong move here picking for that reason. They might've made a wrong move for others, but not because the kid had a senior year that, that moved them up, up the charts. It's up to the Jets now to build around them. If we talked about this many times, you can draft the best talent, but if you don't have the coaching, the personnel, the franchise in itself, uh, knowing the know-how and knowing the, and having the history and the reputation of developing young players and uncovering their talent, you can draft the best projected guy until you're blue in the face. But if you're not developing them, then you're pretty much drafting a kid who's a superstar in college and you're not going to let him grow and progress. And that's been the story of the Jets to me. I agree. And that's what and that's what's really sad about this is I no longer know. Not that I ever did. I always kind of had an idea of which way it would go, but I no longer feel confident in knowing 
what the real problem is. Is it is it the the personnel? Is it the quarterback? Is it the drafting? Is it the the offensive coordinator? I don't know what the problem with the Jets is anymore because you try all these different things and it's the same exact result. It is impossible to figure out. Like right now, let's look at the Jets, right? What would you do first? You know, some, you, you, I know you, you'd go get a playmaker. I'm starting to go that way. Like me, I always wanted to get, I always wanted to get an offensive line and make sure that the quarterback was protected or, you know, on defense, go get a, a pass rusher who can take the pressure off the offense and whatever. But where do you start with this Jets team? If you're, if you're the GM, I mean, do you, do you like sit down with the offensive coordinator, tell him he's got to do this or that. There are so many things it could be. It's probably some of them. It might not be all of them. I don't even know where to start with this team. There's no obvious place. So you're absolutely correct. Being a Jet fan is knowing that the team is never just one problem away from contention. It is constantly a goddamn blender of problems. There's multiple problems going on at the same time. So you think we'll get a quarterback, but he doesn't have playmakers. We get a receiver, we don't have a quarterback to get him the ball. We get a quarterback and a receiver, we have no line or everybody is injured. There's constantly shit going on with the Jets that you can't pull it out. Now, if you're asking me, and I'll pretend that you are, what I would do at this point where we are, as a head coach, an offensive coordinator, whatever, whoever is involved in the offensive game plan, shit, get Joe Douglas in there too. Sit down and identify one, possibly two guys that you can see they have a playmaker's ability in them and start catering the offense to them. Try to get that oomph out of them and see if you were right, if there is something to be uncovered. Because going in with the guys you have, Kind of just hoping that somebody will jump out. I mean, shit, if you think that kid more has more potential than the, what we've currently seen, draw up a game plan where you can really try to put the ball in his hands, whether it's what Atlanta is doing with Cordell Patterson and giving him touches out of the backfield, whether it's uh, some screen passes and seeing if he can break some long runs, or whether it's airing it out and letting him run under a ball or two. And again, I'm not saying he's the guy, but let's identify a he's guy. He's the most obvious choice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who let's else I- is there? You know? No, no. For the third year Mims. in a row, Crowder is our best receiver, who I love dearly. But if that's your best receiver on the team, who is a slot receiver, good hands, he's not going to really make plays down the field. It's not the guy you want. And Corey Davis, the more I look at him, the initial excitement has wore off because, God damn, I was so desperate for him to be the guy that I envisioned him to be. But the more I look at him, he reminds me of a Keyshawn Johnson minus the ability to win a lot of contested balls, which is what Keyshawn Johnson was. That guy was a wide receiver. That was that was a tight end ahead of his time in the wide receiver's body. They don't have too much speed. But boy, oh boy, the guy would go and get the ball down the middle in a crowd, contested uncontested. Corey Davis is the same thing, only he catches about 3 out of 10 contested balls. The other ones, he'll just look around for a flag, and let's move it along onto the next one. So, um, yep. the frustration is there, and the, the one thing that I wanted to say about the Jets when you were talking about a potential letdown of their opponents, that's the one negative where they completely fucked themselves when they beat Tennessee. Boy, oh boy, they sure send out a message to the other teams saying we're not here to roll don't, over yeah. and die. <laughs> we're going to play, so don't you dare pencil in a W. Show up and play. Beat us fair right. and square. 
Right. Well, don't pencil in the W. Maybe pencil in the W, but don't just assume it's there. Come out and work for it because look Show what Tennessee's done. Correct. Yeah. Tennessee has gone from a team where you're like, all right, the Jets finally showed up. They could do this. They could do that. And you're wondering if Tennessee f- was for real to to like beating two of the best teams in the league soundly. I mean, they they crushed KC. They, uh, they you know, they I mean, they held on against Buffalo. Maybe that wasn't a sound beating, but they put up 34 on them. So Tennessee, since that Jet game, has gone on and shown everybody that they are the contenders we thought they were. Yep. And you're probably right. You know, they, they kind of woke up the league for the, the the rest of the league for the Jets. Not that anybody's like super worried about the Jets. Any given Sunday does apply sometimes. But going back to the Jets for a second, let, let's talk a little bit more about that, though. You know, like other than Elijah Moore and, and as you were talking about, do it like this, do it like that for these guys, Cordero Patterson, whatever. The first guy that comes to mind for me is the guy they compared him to, which it's a ridiculous comparison. But they talk about Tyreek Hill because he's small, he's fast, and that's the guy that you want to get involved. So you're right. Why are the Jets not doing these these quick screen, these quick slants over the middle where he could possibly break it and use his speed because he's supposed to be that type of guy. Obviously, if you're comparing him to Tyreek Hill, he's the prototype. He's not going to be like that. But if he's anything in that mold, why would you not take advantage of those things? So I, I the Jets never do that stuff. As for Keyshawn Johnson, that's who Davis reminds me of, minus the freaking moxie. Keyshawn Johnson had an attitude. Keyshawn oh, Johnson, yeah. like like you said, would go over the middle and get crushed and then stand up and scream in the guy's face. You know, Keyshawn Johnson was super reliable, but even he wasn't that guy. He wasn't that that burner who's going to open up the pass game and, and no, score all these crazy touchdowns. Keyshawn Johnson would be the best number two on any team ever and was an adequate number one, but he's not the guy we're talking about now either. Just like these quarterbacks that we – that we talk about, hey, we could take that, we could take this. That's not the guy either. We we need a real playmaker, and we need a real big time quarterback. If we can ever develop it, I don't know, but you know, that's all the things that were going through my head while 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 you yeah, were saying what no, you said. Uh, so, yeah. It epitomizes the Jets. For us, Keyshawn Johnson was wow, one of the best receivers we had in recent memory. For any casual, not casual, for any NFL fan in the know, he looked at Keyshawn and said, "Wow." Tough dude, talented, would make a great number two. Will probably get us over the hump. Nobody's talking about Keyshawn as wow, one of the best number one receivers of all time. No, not even close. But he, you know, but he did serve a lot of purposes, man. That guy, I remember some touchdowns he would catch when one one these passes were contested. I remember some of these hits he took over the middle. I mean, he he he's you know, I it, like you said, it's only it's like a Jet fan. Like it's like I screamed about last week with people looking back and wishing for Rex. I mean it has me wishing for Keyshawn Johnson, even though he wasn't anything super special. He wasn't fast. He wasn't a burner. He wasn't he wasn't any of those things. But man, could we use his freaking attitude and his and his you know his game his gamer his gamerness. I don't even know what the hell that is is it that 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 attitude that that ability to get out there and and freaking you know like where's the passion on the on the current jets there's none there's there's really isn't there's you know I, I guess that comes from coaching i mean this coach really seemed like a super passionate guy and it has not translated to his team and now even he's starting to look defeated so it's this you know we said this on the last podcast this could spiral out of control pretty quickly but you know, I don't want to get too far off into that again. I would just love to see somebody on this team show a little bit of that spunk. And I don't think anybody on the team has it. Maybe on defense a little bit, but nobody on the offense has it. Hopefully. Hopefully somebody emerges because right now, at this point, I'm just looking for somebody to do exactly what you said. Show a spine. Show fight. Show desire. That's it. That's all we can hope for right now. Yep. Okay, you go first. Mike White. What is Mike White going to do this week? <laughs> 
without oh Corey Davidson. Oh yeah. boy, oh boy, oh boy. That is scary. Um, you know what? I'd, I'd love to be that rosy guy that says, listen, they don't have too much tape on him. Uh, he'll emerge with something special. Uh, the reality is I think he goes... <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think he goes uh, 15 of 29. Um, 195 yards, one touchdown, and two INTs. Okay. I don't believe him to be much of a runner, and uh, that's kind of uh, this is me trying to be somewhat positive with this stat line. So that's what I'm kind of uh, I'll okay. leave that off. Um, I'll say the top performer for the Jets will be Jamison Crowder. Uh, I think he's All due, reliable. especially with yeah. the with the absence of Corey Davis. He's uh, and a young quarterback making his first start. I'm hoping if it's not a run play, he'll be looking for the most trustworthy set of hands on the Jets. So that'll be uh, Crowder getting his opportunities. Um, again, not not going to be too pretty. I'll say four catches for uh, 42 yards, and one of those will be a touchdown for Crowder. So four for 42. Let's say four for 45. Let's uh, let's round it off. Four catches, 45 yards, uh, one touchdown, and sadly that will be enough to be the standout performer for the Jets offensively. <laughs> I was just thinking that I'm like, wow, he's talking all this all this stuff about Crowder being the guy and blah blah, and then four for 45. Like, wow, this is what the Jets have come to. <laughs> okay, yeah. okay, I'm gonna give my predictions on the, on on those guys first, and then we'll do best best worst real. All right, I think I th- we never predict this, we never do, and I'm gonna do it today. I think White is going to have one of those horrendous games where you're wondering how he's even an NFL quarterback. I think the Jets, I, you know, I, I could go either way with this. The Jets are either gonna respond well after last week and and you know kind of right the ship slightly, and at least be a bad football team as opposed to a freaking you know high school a division three high school team or they are going to continue to shit the bed completely and spiral out of control i'm going to go with spiral out of control i think white is going to have a a, a miserable game that that makes zach wilson's performance against the patriots the first time look like a freaking masterpiece so let's have some fun with this i think he's going to go single digit completions i'm going to give him nine completions i think he's going to throw the ball 23 times so nine for 23 i think he's going to throw for 87 yards i don't think he's going to throw a touchdown i'm not sure to just get on the board in this game uh zero tds and i think he's going to throw three ints and i wanted to go four ints but i'm going to go three because i think at some point they'll they'll realize he sucks and the jets suck and they'll start running the ball or you know maybe put in whoever the backup's going to be this week because this is more in line well the backup is going to be flacco uh but no flacco's inactive he's not he's not going to be active yeah. Wow. But yep. the this is I have a smile on my face. I wish we would be like on on Zoom occasionally doing this. I have a huge smile because every time you were doing <laughs> predictions and saying Zach Wilson will not throw a pick, eventually I'll be right. This this is a stat line that belongs to a Jets quarterback. So this <laughs> I can see that happening. Thank you for no <laughs> thank problem. you for diving into the reality pool. The yep. floor is yours. Please go on. My man. Okay. Michael Carter is going to be our special MVP. Oh, I'm, I'm, he's just going to be, I'm going to, the MVP is going to be the most, uh, let's what kind of a V word, most anything player you want, whatever. He's, he's going to be the one, the, the least, the least terrible player. Uh, Michael <laughs> Carter seemed to get involved a bit more last week. It looks like they're starting to push him towards at least what qualifies as a number one back on the Jets. So I think Michael Carter is going to be the guy. I think he's going to rush the ball. 
um, 17 times for, and this is, we want to talk about freaking silver linings, 17 times for 39 yards, right? And he's obviously not going to score. A t- I, I, you know what? Let's say he scores a touchdown. If the Jets do get on the board, I'll say he scores a touchdown. And I think he'll probably catch three balls out of the backfield for another 32 yards. I think he'll break a big one for, you know, 12 yards or something. Um, th- three for 32, no touchdowns on there. So I think out of complete default, there's no one else. And the fact that he touched the ball the most, Michael Carter will be the MVP for the Jets. I would love for that to happen because I'm simply waiting, praying, biting my nails and hoping that a running back will eventually emerge. God knows over the last two years, we've tried the theory of just stockpiling young ones uh, and seeing for somebody to emerge. That hasn't happened yet. I'm waiting. I'm just like I'm waiting for a tight end to emerge. But yeah, if, if you're right and uh, a running back actually shows some life, considering it's the Jets, what what the definition is for meaning of life, but that would be a good one. I'd be really happy. So I love well, that pick. Let, let it come to fruition. You redeemed yourself by saying what shows as life for the Jets. A guy who goes 17 for 39, which is not even two and a half yards of carry, um, I would not say is emerging. But you know, this is the Jets, and somebody's got to somebody's got to be the main guy. So I think he'll be the main guy. And out of necessity for a quarterback who, based on my predictions, having a miserable game, he's going to see the ball more. So that's that's really I what that's all that's. I was more on. excited by you thinking that a running back on the Jets is going to get 17 carries, and I'm not being sarcastic <laughs> right now. I genuinely would love a commitment to back and getting 15 to 17 carries because right now every game i think the leading back has seven eight nine carries i was actually going to go look that up let's see if we can let's see if we can look that up here but um all right in the meantime give me your best case scenario what's the worst case the best case the and the least amount of points you think the jets will lose by so the best case scenario i think uh we briefly touched on it is obviously the bengals bus uh gets covid no, I'm not that dark. <laughs> Don't even think I was going to go that dark. No, uh, not that you people were thinking. Uh, we don't want the bus to go off the road or the bridge. Uh, just COVID, just the COVID list. And uh, But uh, honestly, best case scenario is the Jets just show up and it's some kind of a game. To me, this week, after what I just experienced, is anything that doesn't constitute a beatdown of epic proportions will be a positive because we are at rock bottom. And I'm going to kind of set my expectations as being a fan of a team that's in absolute dumps. It's rock bottom. So you know what? Let's go back to the beginning of the season. Show me a little life. Show me some stops. Maybe maybe you'll create a turnover. So shit, I'll do a happy dance if the Jets defense creates a turnover, even though they haven't been the ones to blame for this season. But so to me, best case scenario, they keep Cincinnati under 30. So I'll say 29. And the Jets actually score on three possessions, which I'll give them as a touchdown and two field goals. So 29-13, still a comfortable win for um, the Bengals. At least one of the scores, I'll say a field goal uh, on the Jets side is going to come late when the game is already decided. Maybe late in the fourth when Cincinnati is already resting borrow. But best case scenario is the Jets actually score a couple of times on offense and do not allow the hot Bengals team to score 30. So 29-13 is my best-case outlook for this week. Uh, Worst-case scenario is a young team is absolutely reeling from the debacle that just took place. Uh, They continue to reel. I don't believe to the degree that we saw last week. But uh, the worst-case scenario is reeling shows itself in a form of... (sighs) 42 points to the Jets scoring a couple of field goals, 42-6. And like you said, one of those ugly quarterback performances where there's absolutely nothing 
and the other team is just saying, listen, you don't want us to run it up? Stop us. We've been bad enough long enough. So worst case scenario is 42-6, and that'll literally leave us looking at the sky saying, how bad can bad get for the Jets? Uh, (laughs) Short rest at Indy next week. We yep. can get worse, and then so, Buffalo the week after that. So, you know, it may so only the begin. answer will be, oh, hang in there. It will get worse. <laughs> yeah, hold my beer, right? <laughs> As for realistic, uh, after seeing the last game for both teams, how can I not bet on Cincinnati winning very comfortably? And I'll say they'll put up 34. So let's keep it on the 40, but uh, I don't see them not cracking 30. So let's say 34. And for the Jets, I'll say 10. I'll give them that touchdown, whether they find it on the last play of a game when Cincinnati literally doesn't line up a defense on the field, whether it's a late field goal. However it comes, I think the Jets will scrape up two possessions. I think they'll score up uh, an early field goal and a touchdown late. And 34-10 is the final outcome as the most realistic. All right. So your best case scenario is the Jets are losing by two touchdowns and two uh, two point conversions. So your best case is they're within sixteen. That's very generous of you. Okay, I I'm gonna say my best case is um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a true best case. Okay, best case no no chance of a win. So don't even don't even like faint over there. The best case scenario is the Bengals do have a letdown. Uh, the Jets actually put it together a little bit. And um, and don't you know embarrass themselves completely, and they can stay within 10, 12, 14 points. So, absolute best case scenario, I still think Cincinnati puts up a thirty. So let's call it thirty. Jets put up a couple of you know a field goal or two field goals and a touchdown or two touchdowns, whatever. So I'm going to say thirty to seventeen is the absolute best case scenario if the Jets show up on offense and don't stink it up. Cincinnati has a little bit of a letdown, finally gets it together, you know, when they realize, hey, we're, we're not going to be Tennessee here, you know, maybe puts up a late score or two to, to ice it, whatever the case may be. I think in the best case scenario where everything clicks for the Jets and Cincinnati doesn't come out just launching things all over the place that they can stay within two touchdowns. So I'll give it 30-17. Now, worst case, since we are doing worst case, can can be similar to last week where it's just like, oh, my God, how freaking bad can you be? I have to assume that Cincinnati will not run it up and do all kinds of trick plays like the Patriots did. So I'm going to take a couple of points away from them compared to what the Patriots put up. But I do think the worst case scenario can be like a, a 47 to 6, 47 to 3 kind of thing. So I'll go 47 3 as a worst case. And, um, you know, I think. I, I, like I said, I don't see Cincinnati running it up. So I think if they get off to a tremendous lead, they'll they'll sit there, guys, in the fourth quarter and and uh, and not you know not do anything like really really embarrassing like that. Belichick I, is, is a special breed. You know, I, I just wanted to jump in and tell you right now, right this second, and you can keep that on the record. If the Jets lose by more than thirty five points and God forbid forty plus to Cincinnati Bengals. I don't think I'll be able to recover. I'm just being honest with you. Uh, no matter how mentally I, pre- how much I prepare myself mentally, saying that it's a lost season, whatever, whatever that may be. If we're texting each other Sunday night or doing this podcast Monday night, and we're talking about the Jets losing by forty plus points, I think I'm done. I just, I don't think I can recover from that. I just wanted to throw that in there when when I heard your prediction. But please, I don't want to steal your well, moment. Let's hear no, that. no problem. Well, let me let me touch on that for a second. Last week, when I said I didn't think the Jets would be crazy enough to trade for Flacco just to start 
you know, and I was like, listen, it is the Jets. And you're like, are you sure? Are you sure? So I, I, I'm going to turn that around on you now. Are you really, would you really be that surprised if they lost by 40 to a team that is clearly better than the team that beat them by 41 last week? At this point, surprised? No, because you phrased that question perfectly. But do I have the, this is how far I've come as a Jet fan. The hope in the pit of my stomach is not a close game or a last second win to shock the world. The hope that I have in the pit of my stomach is that we don't lose by 40-plus because I just don't. And by what I mean I won't recover is I'll shut it down for this season. I'll follow the scores. I'll be casual. No, yeah. I'll do the podcast. I'm not going to. But I just there will be zero emotional investment for the rest of the season because I, I just can't. I, I can't. What, what New England did to us is kind of it sucks. It hurts. But we've played them every uh, we played them twice a year, and I'm so used to it. I'm almost immune between the butt fumble and whatever the fuck you want to think about with the the Patriots. Been there, done it all, seen it all, uh, seen many therapists. Used to it now. With the bank, it's just something different. And maybe it's me and the mental block that, to me, the Bengals are that team that was the laughing stock, and now they're not just beating us; they're like they're big brothering us into submission. Will not be able to recover from it. No, no, well, no. I am going to take us back to 2013. It was uh, I forget if Tannenbaum was still there. When did Tannenbaum leave? Was it 2014? Um, no, it had it, it, Tannenbaum was gone. It was Idzik. Idzik was there 13, 14, right? And I forget where we were, but I was with my father and my brother, and we went out. We, we were away somewhere. It was like Atlantic City or something, or um, I forget where we were. I wish I remember. But anyway, we went to a bar, and by the time we sat down, like the Jets were already out of it. It was, it was, it was a game like last week where everything goes wrong, turnovers, really terrible, and Cincinnati beat them 49-9. to I remember that clearly. Um, I'm going to go look it up and see. I think it was 2013. I'm going to look it up now and take a look. And... But I believe it was forty-nine to nine was the final, so it wow, is not unprecedented. I'm drawing huh? a total blank on that game. I, I yeah. thought I would have remembered. Oh yeah, no. Yep, here it is. Ten twenty-seven is actually exactly, almost exactly eight years ago. Bengals forty-nine, Jets nine. Let's look at the box score because I know Cincinnati went up big early. That much I remember. Um, let's see here. All right, why is it not now? My computer sucks. That's why. Hold on. All right, box score. Yep, it was fourteen. It was twenty-eight to six at halftime. <laughs> twenty-eight oh, Gino six. Smith, yes, I just pulled it up on my phone too. That yeah. was the Gino it was Smith. twenty-eight to six, and it was forty-two to to nine at the end of the third quarter. And Cincinnati put up another touchdown. So that one I remember being like a game. So that was forty points right there. I don't. I I would not be surprised. Now the question I have is for all those Elias Sports Bureau, Bureau people out there. When was the last time a team lost two straight games by forty plus points? That's an interesting one. I gotta, I gotta yeah. see if anybody could look that up. If anybody looks that up, post it on our page. Uh, like we talk, like we have a lot of <laughs> listeners. Um, post it on our page. Let us know, and uh, you know, because I don't feel like taking up too much time here looking stuff up. Okay, realistic scenario. I think is going to be the Jets are going to get their asses kicked. Um, It's, you know, realistically you have an up and coming team that, as I mentioned earlier, is young. They, they, I don't think they are going to overlook the Jets, not just because Tennessee woke the the league up, but also because these are, these are young kids who are getting a little hungry now and realizing that they're good. And, you know, I, you know, I remember being on like local teams 
And I was on, uh, you know, like baseball teams when I played in my, in my teens and stuff. And I remember when when things started going good, when you weren't expected to be good, you, you didn't care who was in front of you. You wanted to kick everybody's ass. It didn't matter if it was, you know, my like your, your little sister's team or or the big kids from from down the block who were good. You wanted to get in front of everybody and kick their asses. And you I think that's feeling kind of where the Bengals are. Yep. Yep. It's, it's so, so I don't think the Bengals have a letdown, realistically. Realistically, also, uh, flip that around on the Jets. The Jets are a mess. And even if, you know, even if it wasn't that everything seemed to be going wrong, they're a mess anyway. They just lost their top receiver. They lost their quarterback. Uh, they don't have another real serious threat at receiver. Maybe we'll get to see some mims. Uh, the defense is, is hurt a little bit. Uh, the defense has, you know, the defense wasn't expected to be good in the first place and then surprised early on. But realistically, there are a bunch of young kids, especially in the secondary. They got a bunch of undersized guys at linebacker. I think realistically, the, the Jets get their asses kicked pretty solidly. And I'm going to say that realistically, Cincinnati wins this game. Uh, let me see. Let me just close my eyes and just look at what the score is going to be there. I think realistically, it's going to be like thirty-seven to thirteen, something like that. You know, they're going to get the, they're going to get smoked by three scores or more. Thirty-seven, thirteen, I'll call it. Uh, in my predictions, I did give the Jets a touchdown. I think Carter gets that touchdown on a rush. I don't know when it'll be. I don't know if it'll be early and give everybody false hope, or if it'll be late, but. I think Carter gets a touchdown, Jets kick a couple of field goals, or maybe get another touchdown, miss an extra point, whatever it may be. But 37-13 is my realistic oh, prediction. Man, that'll borderline, be a, that'll be borderline best-case scenario for me. I'll be celebrating putting up yeah, those. Well, you know. you, your reel was 34-10. I didn't even realize. They just added three to each team. Huh? Look at that. <laughs> Go figure. So we're on the same page. Uh, we're pretty much on the same page across the board. I mean, you 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 have them losing by two two big scores. Uh, and the, in the best case, I have them by losing by by two scores. In the best case, we have them both getting smoked in the forties to single digits. In the worst case, and we have a realistic case of them losing by twenty four. So it looks there, like we are very much on the same page. There's one last thing I wanted to throw out there. I know it's not going to happen, but just because it is our podcast, then we can um, we'll do whatever we want. Can you imagine what happens on Monday morning? If the Jets don't win the game, not I'm not talking about wins, but if the Jets put up a solid effort and Mike White throws two touchdowns, no picks, goes 19 of 27, 220 yards, it's still a loss. But can you imagine the lunacy that will begin with the threads and the posts that uh, we have the quarterback of the future? It was just the wrong guy we originally identified. It'll be a goddamn shit show if the kid even shows a glimmer of something positive. <laughs> I'm, you know, I, as you, I, I phased out on the last few words there because I am, I totally went into future, like in the movies, you get like the, the screen blurs and you go into the future and they show you. I totally could see all the people with the quarterback controversy talking about how you know we told you Zach Wilson suck. Look what this guy is doing with the same team. I could totally see that and and the ridiculousness of of what that would be like. You know, it's almost worth rooting for it. <laughs> It's almost worth rooting for it just to just like like a social experiment, just to put people in a room together and let them have at it, you know, to actually see the opinions that will be flying after that is it'll be worth the price of admission. But that's the thought that I have in my mind. Like, I don't know want to deal with the nonsense because I know what's going to happen. It's going to be a talk of, yes, we have a quarterback. He just needs the chance. Look at look at him. He completed the screen pass that Zach Wilson bounced. It's just a shit show. But like you said, at this point, it's almost like, oh, could be fun. Yep. 
That's the Jets for you, my man. All right. Anything else you want to touch on before we go? That's all I got for this week. That's all I have. Actually, there was one other minor thing. Do I want to talk about it? Now, I'm going to save it for when it's more appropriate. I mean, it's, it's Jets-Mets comparison and why and why I despise the Mets and they piss me off and I still love the Jets. But we'll, we'll do that another time. We'll save it for a different time and make it more fun, like when it's more appropriate. Now, it doesn't seem like it's, you know, why would I bring the Mets up now? You know, so I'll save it for another time because, because it's, it'll still be true. Because teams that suck. That's our lot teams that life. suck, but yeah, it's, it's all about the intent. You know, with the Mets, you know, the, the, the short version is the Mets, the Mets, purposely put shit out there and take advantage of their fans whereas the Jets keep trying real hard and just suck at it but we'll get into that another time have a great weekend my friend we will do the review show uh, Sunday, Monday whenever it'll be and uh, I'll talk to you soon enjoy the game whatever it brings I'll talk to you soon